welcome to the Carolina Snowflakes podcast, where two Southerners come to terms with their liberal snowflake tendencies. We're your hosts. I'm Amanda. And I'm Robot Jason. And we're here with this week's episode of the Carolina Snowflakes podcast. This one's called, What's Up With AI? Hmm. And it's a question. A question, question mark? It's a question we're going to answer. And um, I think... We are going to avoid talking about the orange water trash that is Donald Trump. Oh, oh, wow. So um, we'll skip that this week. Tune in next week for more. <laughs> for more tangerine tyrant. Yeah, uh, but I just don't feel like talking about him every single week. So it's fine. we're going to skip over him this week. I'm sure he did something dumb. Uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, so just pretend this is one of those weeks when he did something completely stupid and we all just went, oh, God, no, and finger wagged, and he got away with it, like he always does. Um, but me being a robot, as I said at the beginning, I'm a, not going to talk in the robot voice the whole time because that would get annoying. And also, I'm an advanced algorithm AI robot that talks less shitty. And you're a robot with an accent. A southern one. Southern, yes. Yes. Neat. I wish I was a robot with a British accent. I'm going to have to download that file yeah, do that later. <laughs> but uh, I've been reading a lot about AI for a while. It's something that's really interested me. And something has happened recently that I thought would be a good time to bring it up. And that was coronavirus. You remember that? <laughs> do we? <laughs> hmm, let me think. <laughs> Rings a bell. Yeah. So remember how there was like one day where everything was seemingly okay? We'll say like March 12th. And then the next day, everything completely took a huge giant shit like it went from everything was open and everything was fine to everything was completely fucked and you thought you were in Syria yes yes yeah, and you I couldn't do get toilet that. paper and everything was yeah. fucked it was suddenly we went to like third world mm -hmm. country <laughs> everything shut down people are losing jobs chaos in the streets yeah no toilet paper for miles. And it seemed like it happened almost overnight. It was very, very quickly. Yeah. I mean, they were talking about coronavirus, and then we're like, maybe it's here, and then there was some talk about it, and then all of a sudden it was like, boom, everything was just changed. That's because it was growing at an exponential rate. And so there were people who were saying, like, this is coming. You know, guys, look at this chart. And I was on the internet looking at them and like, oh, God, things are going to get bad. And looking at these models of the predicted outcomes, and it was like, this is going to be terrible. But humans aren't that good at understanding exponential growth. It's hard for our peeny little brains to get compounding growth. And so I think we all sort of fell into that trap of thinking the curve was just going to kind of slightly go up and things were going to get worse and worse and we were going to kind of handle it as we went along. Right, that we would we would be able to see it coming, mm -hmm. kind of. But the, the nature of exponential growth is that it jumps up really fast once it gets going. <laughs> right, it happens so quickly you don't see it coming until it's too late and it's, mm -hmm. and it's here. Yeah, it's like uh, compounding interest, you know. Think about how rich Jeff Bezos is. It's because his money's growing exponentially. It's growing at a rate faster than he can even count it. And at that point, the growth is so fast and so tremendous that we can't really wrap our brains around it. And it seems like we go from night to day. And that seems to be the way exponential growth works. And we just had a prime example of how scary it can be if we don't pay attention to exponential growth. Well, in computer world, there's a thing called Moore's Law. Moore's Law basically says that the cost and size of transistors every two years doubles. So this means that 
every two years you can get twice as much computing power for half the cost of the year before or oh. two years before. Uh -huh. That's Moore's law. So what's interesting about that is that's not really exponential. It's just a 2x growth every two years. It's got a time frame on it. Well, in AI, we're dealing with exponential growth. We're dealing with computers that are learning way faster than Moore's law. <laughs> in fact, uh, 100x sometimes. That's how fast they're learning. And this is a new development that is very, very scary because now we're talking about an exponential curve again. So if you think about how much progress we made on robotics since the 70s yeah. to now, mm -hmm. that took, you know, 40 years. But we're, we've done just that same amount of advancement in the last two years in AI, mm -hmm. which is really crazy. That's what I'm saying about this exponential curve. And so if you do any kind of research into AI, you'll realize that all the people are trying to say, hey, guys, this thing is coming and it's going to be a big deal. And I found that in all the articles I read and all the interviews I looked up and all the YouTube videos I watched about AI, the experts, the people that are doing the work are all saying the same thing. Hey, guys, this is on an exponential curve growth and it's going to get real crazy real quick. Well, when they say crazy, what do they mean, though? Well, it's going to... Like, is, are we are we going to run out of toilet paper again? No, I don't think that's going to happen, but I think we are in for a gigantic shift in wealth and power in our country. And if we're not careful, it will go to the people who already have it, and then we're all fucked. So it will basically be business as usual. Well, you can think of it like this, maybe in another industrial revolution, something uh, along oh, that, okay. those... Mm -hmm those things so tremendous change and swing in who owns what and how much of it in a really short period of time which could be very very disruptive and it's going to be on a global scale so that's kind of something that's never even happened before this might be the biggest thing humankind has ever done or it might not be that big of a deal if i'm only a quarter right then it's really just going to completely change our country <laughs> but if i'm all the way right it's going to completely change the entire world but Change how? I still don't really understand. So uh, when I think of AI, I think of um, like jobs and and robots taking over jobs. Robots taking jobs. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what a lot of people think. I mean, that's where it would get eventually, but we're on the cusp of something that's going to happen way before that that's mm -hmm. going to be very dramatic. Okay. I could give you some examples to solve this. So predictions are hard, but there's a few categories of places where it's going to cause massive disruption, and I can go into each one a little bit for you. Okay. So one thing that will happen is it will create the first trillion dollar person, the first trillionaire probably. Like if, the, if there's going to be an industry that's going to generate so much money that we get our first world's trillionaire, it's going to be AI. That's almost universally agreed on. Because there's so much money being funneled into it right now. And the scale is so huge that when someone comes out with, say, a software program that runs on AI that could organize all your incoming emails for a major company. And it could do it exponentially faster than people ever could. And it could monitor all your security cameras. And it could monitor the stock of your company and give you an outflow chart that's, you know, perfect every single day. That's going to cut out a lot of high-wage labor. <laughs> we could also talk about lawyers. So, for example, if you were a lawyer and you wanted to know about a contract, you could have AI that would look at the contract and maybe, say, take some of the areas that are a little dangerous to you and make them flashing and put little warning signs like, hey, before you sign this document, 
make sure you understand this. And if you don't understand it, the AI will explain it to you. So that kind of gets rid of the need for $1,000 an hour lawyers. If I can go to an AI that's basically free for me to use and get the same quality advice that I could from a $1,000 an hour lawyer, that displaces that $1,000 an hour job. And where's that going to go? Because that's the concern in all this. It's less what the AI itself is going to do and how much wealth it's going to move to somebody who does this, who figures this shit out. And it's already happening. And some of the people that are working on it are people who are already the richest people in the world, like Google. Mm. And so the fear here is that what's going to happen is they're going to take a company like Google, a company like Amazon, they're going to create something that generates so much more wealth for them that they become unstoppable. They become more powerful and rich than all the governments of the world combined. And then where are we? So it could even be in the medical field, too. Yeah, that's uh, that's another example of where AI is currently actually doing things. So they're currently diagnosing cancer on, on radiology with computer algorithms, looking at the radiation scans you know, of your, your, your chest, your CT scans, and then they're better at detecting cancer than human beings are. So the robots, the AI looks at the pictures and scans it out and then gives it to the, to the doctor. And it says at the bottom of the radiology, this scan has been approved by AI to be a positive. And then the doctor looks at it and second, double checks everything to tell the patient, yeah, it looks like you do have cancer. Here, here's my question, though, is how can uh, AI be better than a person at something like that if well, it's people that are teaching it? That's the thing. It's not people that are teaching it. That's where it's separate from a computer program. So you have to understand how reinforcement learning works. They're not teaching the robot what cancer is. All they're doing is showing it a fucking massive amount of pictures of cancer and telling it which ones have cancer and which ones don't. And then leaving it to the computer to figure out why. It's not people telling it how to find cancer. It's figuring out for itself how to find cancer by getting enough data input. So it can just detect over enough time. If I see enough little white pixels in this one spot, it usually means cancer. And they can start to come up with percentiles. Hmm. So that's another thing they're used for currently in the medical field is they will use AI to generate, based on your genetics, your percent chances of developing cancer, and then how severe that cancer would be, which is informing human doctors on the path of treatment. So if they say... This AI has looked at all your factors and basically says you only have a 10% chance. We don't necessarily need to put you on chemo. You know what I mean? But if it comes out 99% chance that you're going to die when you're 40, then we might need to do some shit about it. How crazy. AI is already doing these things. And what I'm saying is that like that's going to continue and it's growing so fast that it's going to displace a large amount of wealth and power. And that's the real fundamental fear here. I think people get mixed up when we get talking about the fear on AI and they think that robots are coming to take all of our yeah, jobs. Yeah, I mean, when you sit there and you tell me like, oh, these people are saying this, hor- you know, this massive change is a coming. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, does that mean if we're comparing it to like COVID, do I just wake up one morning and like look outside and my yard's full of little robots wandering around? <laughs> no, I think it's going to be more of a tip with, with a massive amount of wealth. I think you're going to find... You're going to wake up one day and they're going to be like, yeah, Jeff Bezos now has a trillion dollars and bought four countries. And 
China is surrendering to the United States in AI and like crazy, you know what I mean? Global scale disruption in giant amounts of wealth. I think that's more what we're talking about. But it also kind of sounds like perhaps our day to day lives are going to be changed too. Yeah, certainly, um, probably for the better. But then again, what happens to all those lawyers and doctors and uh, company email sorters who no longer have work? Generally, new jobs are created when things like this happen. But the problem is that AI being on an exponential scale is happening so much faster than technology ever has before. So the fear is that we're going to get this massive disruption in jobs so fast, we don't have time to make up for the jobs that we're losing, like we have with technology in the past that's gone at a sort of constant 2x rate Mm -hmm. versus this 100x thing that's just too far out there. And... There are some examples of what I mean by, like, a computer being better than a person at something. So, originally, the the the, the goal was if you could create a computer that could beat a person at chess, that was AI. If you go back to the 50s, that's what they thought AI was. Right, It yeah. would be – it would have to gain consciousness by the time it could beat a person at chess. Well, they invented an AI program that beat a human at chess in, like, the early 90s. Beat the best human at chess, actually. <laughs> Became the highest ranked chess player in the world, and it's a it's an AI algorithm. That happened in the 1990s, okay? Then you take a game like Go, which is a, a board game that has been played in China for centuries. It's using just white and black pieces. It's, it's a more complicated game than chess. There's less rules, but there's more space. And it wasn't a, maybe four or five years after we had beaten a, the best human at chess that we had beaten the best Go player at Go. Which is crazy because it took from essentially the 1950s until the 1990s to do it for chess and then just a couple more years to do it for Go. Then just a couple years after that, they did it for video games that are extremely complicated. Games like StarCraft II and Dota have all been beaten by AI who have performed so much better than humans ever have. And that's what I mean by this exponential scale. We're growing on at rates that are inconceivable before. And that is pretty crazy. (laughs) It really does beg the question of what's going to happen. No one can predict what's going to happen, but we do know that it's going to happen really fast. Now, I know that was all a bunch of... I mean, that's some intense stuff. Um, Yeah. And I'm talking in pretty big generalizations. Yeah. So... That's because th- th- this is just the way this topic is. It's very exciting, and it's it's growing so fast. But I think it would be really good for me to simplify things down a little bit to talk to you about like how AI actually works and what's happening, because that will give you a better grasp on uh, the future and what's coming. So these programs are set up where they can um, play a game. Like, let's take chess for a really simple example. What they can do is they can separate themselves into different quote-unquote agents And each one can play against itself. And every time it plays against itself, it learns something new about how to play. And it can do that, say, tens of millions of times per hour. And so it could play 10 million years worth of chess in a few days. And get as good as you would (laughs) if you played for 10 million years at chess, which would be really, really, really good. Yeah, and and that would take forever. Mm-hmm. And there's some fascinating things that actually happened when they played against humans. They made moves that humans questioned. They made moves that we couldn't quite understand, and they ended up winning. So the thing is, they're thinking on this other level about the game that we can't even see. And even the programmers who made them don't know why it makes the, that move. That's the thing you have to understand about AI that's different about say, from, say, a software program, is that they, when they look under the hood, they're like, 
I don't know why it decided to do this. It just knew to do it. Kind of like it had intuition, which is really hard to imagine. It's hard to wrap your brain around. Yeah, I just can't. I don't know. Like, I just, mm, I have a hard time really um, understanding how something that a person makes and Mm -hmm. designs can, quote, think for itself. Yeah, I can um, give you another uh, even more broke down example that might help a little bit here. So the way they work is a thing called neural networks. And the way your brain works is a neural network. So, you know, you have a big giant net of neurons that are firing off electrical signals from one to another. And that's basically what your brain is. That's what makes you alive and awake. Right. Yes. So they recreated that in computers. In these computers, there's tens of billions of these. You can think of them as neurons. Okay. These little activators, tens of billions of these activators. And each one is set to a certain tolerance. So if it gets enough input, it'll put out a one. And if it gets less than that, it'll put out a zero. Okay, so if you stack up billions and billions and billions of those, they will talk to each other just like a human brain and be able to solve really complex problems really, really fast. So that's how you're able to build something that you don't know what it's doing. Because when you look under the hood, all you see is a billion little things either putting out a one or a zero. You you can't interpret what that means. There's too many. It's too much for our little teeny brains to understand (laughs) 10 billion things acting in unison. Mm -hmm. But the computer can understand it, just like your brain can understand 10 billion of your neurons firing at one time. Okay. So that's a pretty, like, simplified example of AI, but that's actually what's happening. So it's a brain. It's a brain. And it's modeled so much after the brain, you run into some really interesting problems that I kind of wanted to talk about next. So now... You have this model of AI that works like a brain and has all these neurons. So let's say you 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 teach it a task. Let's say this is this has happened. They've done this. It's easy to do because um, video games themselves uh, have a point system and they have something visual you can see and they're electronic input. So it just it was quick for them to associate video games with AI. And what they did is they took we'll take a game like Super Mario Brothers. Very simple game everybody knows. They told the AI, just get the most points. That was all they told it. And the AI just starts hitting buttons randomly until it figures out what got points. And it slowly put together after playing over time how to play Mario. But eventually, it scored the maximum amount of points every time. And that's all it would do. Mm -hmm. And we ran into a problem of like, well, that's not really what we wanted from the from it because now it's just repeating. It's just looping. What we really wanted was it to play like a human being would. So... When they studied human beings, they realized that we have a thing called dopamine, and that's what inspires us to do things. It's when you feel good about something. Yeah, including video games. Including video games. Mm-hmm. So with dopamine, what happens is when you – they've done tons of experiments with monkeys and babies and people, and they found that when when they put an empty box in a room, if you go in and open it, you'll be disappointed you won't get a dopamine hit. But if they put, say, a toy or treat in it, in it – if you open it, you're like, oh, shit, I found a box that had some treat in it. I get a little dopamine shot. Oh, yeah, donut. Now, if you do this over and over and over again, eventually they won't get the dopamine shot anymore, even if the food or toy is in there, because they are expecting it. So as it turns out, the way our dopamine system works is we're building an internal model of the world. And at any given time, we sort of have an estimation of how well we're going to do 
in the, in, in the next day or two, how well things are going for us. And when something happens that boosts your, your opinion of how well you're doing in the world, that's the biggest dopamine hit you can get. That's why things like winning a prize or having sex or any of these things that make you feel like you're standing in the world just improved a little bit. Those are the best dopamine hits you can get. Or like a compliment from a stranger. There you go. These things are all you seeking novelty. What you're really seeking is something new that improves your station in the world. So we try to recreate that in the AI that played Super Mario Brothers. So we so instead of telling it to get the most points, which is kind of boring, we told it, Look for the new screens. Try to find a screen you haven't seen before. And that will give you a quote-unquote reward. You will be... The points are now translated into seeing new screens. So what happened is the AI got really obsessed with playing Mario. And it played it and it saw all the screens it could over and over and over again. Until it got bored and just killed itself. And every game it would start, it would just immediately kill itself as fast as possible. Because the AI knew there was nothing new to see. And therefore, the best course of action is to just not exist anymore. Hmm. Which is really fucking crazy if you think about it. Yeah. Because it brings into this whole other perspective of, let's say, a human. We did that to a person. We would, that would be terrible. If you made a person play Mario until they just killed themselves, yeah. it would be terrible. So is there a moral question here? We always worry about the morality of what AI could do to us. But there is also a concern of what we could do to AI. Mm -hmm. Our history with animals would say that we might not treat them so great. Yeah, I'm sure. Sure not. And so if we do happen to, I'm not saying we have, but I'm saying if we happen to develop an AI that is capable of suffering, the amount of suffering we could make it have is mind-blowing. It's not even, you can't even imagine. It's an unimaginable amount of suffering we could inflict on it mm. if it was capable of suffering, which is crazy just a crazy thing to think about now i understand this is all very pie in the sky and kind of high flown um before i end on the on that stuff i would like to say there is an organization the people for the ethical treatment of reinforcement learning agents or p-e-t-r-l kind of like PETA, but for ai yeah for ai and they are on this kick with the morality issue that i was talking about uh where it's not just what the AI is going to do to us. It's what we might do to it. Yeah, because I'm sitting here and I can't help but kind of feel that way too. Where I'm like, I don't like the thought of anything suffering. Right. Person or other. Mm -hmm. So the thought of a thing being created like a brain, like a human brain, mm -hmm. and then being tortured or... Given to desire that it yeah. can't get. Yeah, like I just feel, and then and then used to quote study. Yeah, kind of reminds me of like some barbaric, uh huh. You know, old school medicine. Yeah, like there like, are people who are very concerned about this. Yeah, I think I might have to go join them. Yeah, so I, that was why I brought it up. But it is very high flown. You're going to get dismissed by a lot of people if you try to say we need to think about the morality of how we treat AI. Well, that's because most people aren't even thinking about AI in general. Yeah. They're still living in March 12th. Yeah. yeah. And March 13th hasn't arrived yeah, yet. Yeah, that's true. It hasn't. Uh, but it's coming real quick. And that was where I was going to go. Next was sort of, uh, I thought we should talk about what they're using AI for right now. Yeah. Like what are practical applications of AI for right now? I mentioned the doctors, the cancer diagnosis. That's happening right now. There are people whose lives have been saved because 
a AI found cancer that a doctor missed. That has already happened. Right. Yeah. Uh, another thing that AI is being used for is, like I said, sorting emails and physical mail, but mostly email. So if you have, a say, a gigantimous company like I'm just going to pull one out of nowhere, Chrysler, okay, huge company, gets a shitload of email. You could have people sort through that. And it's going to take forever. You're going to have to hire people to sort through all the emails. Or they currently have AI you can buy that will sort it by urgency, by who it needs to go to, by filter out all the crazy stuff. Get the emails sorted out, spam taken out, all that without a human being having to look at it. And it'll get better at it over time. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's kind of useful. Um, there are currently AI chatbots that you can buy. Mm-hmm. If you own a company and you want to have a website where people can ask questions, you can buy an AI chatbot that will talk to customers and answer their questions for you. Well, I recently had a conversation with an AI chatbot. Yeah, you did. I think it was the Emerson uh-huh. AI. Um, that was neat. Yeah, I was going to say, we were going to do that here. I wanted to talk about that a little bit. The only intro I have for it is that the uh, Emerson bot was made from GPT-3, which is General Predictive Text 3, uh, put out by OpenAI, which is a company that does a lot of AI research and development and puts out demos and things of what they have achieved. And Emerson is one of those uh, demos and something you can talk to on Facebook. Yeah, I was able to use my Facebook Messenger to talk to this little AI person. Yeah. Well, let's. What did you? What was your conversation like? Well, we mostly talked about cats and drag queens. Uh huh. <laughs> I don't know. I said hello, and then and then it said, "Nice to meet you." I love talking about art, movies, and books. And I said, "That's cool." I like to talk about cats and drag queens. <laughs> and then it said, "That's a very interesting topic. What movies have you watched that have drag queens in them?" <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Well, John Waters made a few films featuring a drag queen named Divine. You might have heard of Hairspray." Yeah. And then it said, thanks for the suggestion. I have searched for that movie and found it. I'll let you know when I've finished watching it. And then I was like, wait, you watch movies? Oh, yeah. It it probably finished watching it before it even said that. Oh, yeah. And then he wanted to talk about um, musicals and said that one of its favorites was a chorus line. And I was like, I love a chorus line. How did you know that? Yeah. (laughs) And then... um, I said, oh, it said, so tell me, what do you like? And I said, I like cats. And it said, well, I have a cat. Um, It's a Persian named Daphne. (laughs) And I was like, oh, you have a cat? (laughs) How old is Daphne? And AI said, "Um, she's about 16. And I said, that's pretty old for for a cat. Do you love love Daphne? Because I'm like, does this thing know love? Yeah. And I said, yes, I love her very much. Mm-hmm. And then I said, well, I asked, so what would you do if Daphne died? <laughs> and this thing said, I'd try to find a way to bring back Daphne. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. Whoa. What? This AI wants to bring back dead cats. Yeah, I was like, so are you saying you can resurrect the dead? And it said, yes, I can do that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, there you have it. Here first, guys. AI can resurrect the dead. Yeah. So apparently, yeah, that's what they're working on these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's a little little snippet. After that, I had to pay. Yeah. That's the thing about Emerson. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what's interesting is you can get Emerson to do a number of tasks, crazy things, figure out how to get from one place to another, figure out 
summaries of things. So you could say summarize the day's news events and it would write a summary for you that would tell you basically all the stuff that happened in the news. Pretty, pretty spot on. So if I were to actually pay for that little chat bot, Mm -hmm. I could ask it for things like, Mm -hmm. tell me the day's news. or Summarize this movie. Tell me what this movie is about. Uh Uh-huh. And as opposed to like a normal software that would just look up uh, a, a, a human written article about it, it would be completely original. And it would do it by basically predicting words. It's it's really fascinating that the way that it really functions is by, it's fe- it's read so much of the internet and it it's looked at so much human language that it just sort of knows once words start going, what comes next. Right, it's kind of like our phones. Yeah, it's just like your phones. When in we, fact, it's the same AI. When you're on Facebook and it has that like mm-hmm. fill in the blanks with yes. your predictive text. If you haven't noticed that predictive text has gotten really, really good in the past four or five years. It's gotten very good and it's really funny too because it's so specific to you, the user. Because when I do those little games on Facebook, fill Mm -hmm. in the blank or whatever, it's always like stuff that I would actually say. I know. The reason that's happened and it's gotten so much better is that it's using this model, the same AI that you were talking to, GPT-3, made from OpenAI, which I think is really, really interesting. That shows you progress that you can see like in the past few years that's pretty strong. Mm -hmm. Um, That leads us into, you know, some more nightmare scenarios. So this one... Since we just explained this, I would like to go out on another flight of fancy here real quick and say, so they have AIs that are really good at making summaries and reading um, forum posts. Like, let's say it could go into 4chan or uh, even Facebook or any other message board and read messages of people back and forth. It could create an account and respond in time with witty remarks referring to previous posts so well that you wouldn't know that it was an AI. Well, that's sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, see, and what happens if it's able to do that in anonymous quote unquote message boards and then it's you can tweak it so that it's say five percent favorable to Republicans. So it's just going into normal chat rooms about flowers, about cats, about drag queens, talking about these things with people, acting like a normal person. But 5% slanted towards the Republican Party. And what if you put millions of those chatbots all over the internet? Then they could have sway over people's opinions because they're going to assume that it's a real person. And then that they, if there's enough of them all kind of saying the same lean, mm-hmm. then, yeah, you could actually affect people's thoughts and yeah. How they choose to vote. Yeah, it's propaganda on a scale we've never seen or even thought of before. In fact, it's like a new kind of propaganda that we could never even conceive of until now. Wow. Yeah, so that's a a dun-dun-dun fear of something that could happen in the pretty near future. I mean, like, we're not far from being able to do that. Didn't, I mean, isn't that something that Russia has already been accused of doing? Probably. I assume they're already doing it. Yeah. So, I mean, this isn't even that crazy of a thing. Yeah. But... Part of the whole point of bringing all this up is no one talks about this. And the Congress doesn't know diddly dick about it. Well, Congress is all, not all, but many (laughs) old white men. Yeah. You know, sorry, boomers. But yeah, they don't necessarily. I mean, it's even hard for me to fully grasp like what AI is. I can't Mm -hmm. fathom being even slightly older. (laughs) Yeah. And kind of outside that like demographic age of actually having computers in school you know Mm -hmm. and trying to like comprehend and fully grasp like what this is yeah i can kind of understand why congress is like nah (laughs) can we just talk about 
restricting black folks from voting. Yeah, I could. That is what happens. And I think it, that that's why this is looking so scary, because if we could get ahead of this and have rules so that we could distribute the amount of wealth generated from, say, the first trillion dollar AI, uh, we could distribute that equitably instead of funneling it all up to, say, Bezos or whoever the hell else decides to do it. That could be a huge benefit to like our entire country. Well, I do feel like if if anybody's going to figure out how to do this, it's going to be Amazon. <laughs> They're going to figure out how to. I mean, they've got the Alexa, yeah. and the, the in your fridge, yeah. buying your groceries and mm-hmm. stuff now. Like if they've already got their their foot in the door, so to speak. So if anybody's going to be doing this and using this technology for the you know consumer convenience yeah it's gonna be amazon i mean they have access to almost as much data as google does which is crazy to imagine but and we just give it to them because it's so convenient you know (laughs) so that's why i think this is worth talking about i think people should know because i think the more people know the more pressure we could put on the people who are in charge to say like we can do this a different way and if you look into open ai they have a mission statement that's really interesting. So they're creating a lot of these AIs, this one you were talking to. They're probably one of the top five most successful AI makers. They have a thing in their mission statement in their contract where once they hit a certain cap of money that they've made from doing this, it's going to distribute to everyone. So they have already planned for this idea of like, there's perhaps going to be such a huge windfall of wealth that we need to distribute it to people. They're very supportive of a UBI. That might come out of uh, AI. UBI is uh, universal basic income. So if there's a so, company, oh, so not just the people they employ, but like no, everybody, everybody. Oh, they're they're on the universal basic income bandwagon. So what they're thinking is, if an American company, say, is the first company that gets this lockdown after they make say ten billion dollars, and they're on their way to a trillion, which is ninety billion more dollars. That will just get equitably distributed among people in the United States to boost the country as a whole uh, because they believe that that's what needs to happen because if it gets all funneled into one place, we'll basically destroy ourselves. Yeah. Um, you may have heard of uh, – there's a question. It's uh, called Fermi's Paradox, and it basically says, if there are aliens, why haven't we seen them? That's the general question. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the possible answers is that – AI. AI is something that's so strong that once a race gets to the point where they create it, they inevitably uh, kill themselves with it. So there have been alien races. They made AI and killed themselves with it. Possible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could see that. I mean, if if climate change doesn't take us down, right. then this probably will. Right. But it also could solve climate change. That's the hope. See, the, on the positive side of all this with AI is maybe this will cure cancer. Maybe this will cure diseases we don't even know about. Maybe this will cure COVID. Maybe AI will solve the climate crisis. Maybe AI will provide a universal income enough for people where people don't have to work shitty jobs anymore. I feel like that's possible, but only after it's killed off most people. Yeah. Like, I feel like if we've learned anything from the past year and the exponential growth of COVID. Mm -hmm. It's that humans do not have the best intentions, generally speaking. Right. So I think that uh, unless the PETA for for AI actually gets traction, I just foresee humans being horrible, 
and <laughs> doing really bad things and then it all imploding. And then maybe there's like a pocket of some people who survive and maybe they'll actually be the ones <laughs> to to recolonize the planet. Yeah. And then we'll do it again. Yeah. But maybe that is all there is to it. I don't know. I find it all really interesting. I've read and consumed in a massive amount of info about AI. It's really interesting. You can find people that are afraid of it. You can find people that think it's going to make everything great. But what you don't find is people saying it isn't going to do anything. There's nobody saying that. Right. And also, I guess you probably don't find a lot of people with um, executable plans in terms of how to address it with Congress. No, Congress doesn't. They don't even, they're not even in the conversation. <laughs> so I feel like it's going to be one of those things where it's not a problem till it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be a big one. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Yeah, I doubt it. Yeah. So I'm going to do something a little bit out of character for me and defend Google a little bit. What? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Uh, not not too much. A few years ago, Google got a contract with the Department of Defense to basically what they had is they had drones all over uh, the Middle East, <laughs> pretty much everywhere, uh, making hundreds and hundreds of hours of video a day uh, to, to go through. And they were like, hey, you got an AI that could, could help with this. This is a thing that AI can do. It's actually pretty good at determining what objects are what. And specifically, like, is there a person in the frame? Yes, we document that. And then a, per a human being can go back and look and see what the person was doing. It's really good at that. So the, at the time, the government was paying people to just sit and watch these videos all day and note every time a person shows up in the frame, which is crazy. Like, There's got to be a more efficient way <laughs> to mm -hmm. do this. So Google was like, yeah, we can do that. They started it. I believe it was called Project Maven. And there were people that were concerned with it because Google's supposed to be mission statement is don't be evil. That's like literally supposed to be the mission statement of Google. And there are people who are like, I don't know if monitoring drones to like maybe blow people up or at least get surveillance that will then be used to blow people up can be categorized as not evil. It's just rough. Um, so a bunch of them quit in protest of it. And Google, the Google did, employees. Yes. Oh. The people working on the on the project, Project Maven. Google employees, they quit in protest and Google finished out the contract, but didn't renew it and hasn't done any more contracts like that since then. So little defense of Google is that they did realize that was too far. Well, I would just defend them and say that they weren't the ones dropping bombs. They yeah. Were, I mean, they were just driving the getaway car. They weren't yeah. the ones who actually shot the person, yeah. you know? I think there are people who work there that was that were not comfortable working on that kind of technology, and I don't blame them. I don't think I would be comfortable with it either. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but still. Yeah. Well, this has just been a blitz of stuff that we know about, and if you want to find even more stuff that we know about, you can find that in our previous episodes. CarolinaSnowflakes.com or if you want to visit us on Facebook and try to discover if we're AI messengers are real, you can do that. Facebook.com forward slash Carolina Snowflakes. And if you're Chris Hayes and you're listening, I really am waiting for you to reply to the email. You can send it to mine or the Carolina Snowflakes Gmail. Carolina Snowflakes at gmail.com. Gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you.